Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. Hey, welcome. And uh, this is, well, this is Dirt Radio. Jeremy Tager is on the line. He's with Friends of the Earth and he's with the Emerging Tech Project. And we haven't heard from there for quite a while. Jeremy, good morning. Good morning, John. Look, just tell us a little bit about the Emerging Tech Project and uh, what it's about and what its basic aims are. Well, the Emerging Tech Project actually came out of the Nanotechnology Project, which has um, been going, I think, since 2005. And it was in early last year, late um, 2014, that we decided that we wanted to expand that into a broader project relating to emerging technologies. Uh, Nanotechnology is one of them, but by no means the only one. And they all share a bunch of common issues. Um, And the main one that we've struggled with is that the rapid commercialization of new technologies without having done the safety assessments, either for human health or environmental safety, um, before those products are commercialized is an ongoing and recurrent problem in Australia particularly. And so the in good part, the Emerging Tech Project has been about broadening out the, what we learned from nanotechnology and bringing it to bear on a host of new technologies that we're seeing, including geoengineering, synthetic biology, um, etc. And these are those are the main ones that we work on currently, but they're not the only ones. Um, you can look at things like artificial intelligence as well, which we don't currently work on, and you see the same pattern repeating itself over and over again. And Jeremy, the um, project's looking at the moment at some stuff to do with testing of nanomaterials in our food. Can you explain a bit about what this is and why you're doing the testing or why you're reporting on the testing? Yeah, for, well, for a number of years now, we've actually been tracking the, the development of nanomaterials and food products. And the food regulator in Australia, Food Standards Australia New Zealand, has said consistently, oh, there's no evidence that nanomaterials are being used in foods in Australia. We, we put out a food report in 2014 that said there is evidence of it. We didn't, at that stage, didn't do any testing, but the evidence was that there are a number of patents held in Australia, that there are a number of companies producing materials that are for use in food um, that are at a nano scale. So, when Fazan's kept saying this, despite repeated attempts to get them to do some of the testing and research that needed to be done, we decided to do our own testing. And we did that. We sent off 14 food samples um, to Arizona State University in the United States and had them tested for the presence of nanomaterials. And we chose those products on the basis of the labels. Um, so these were products that contained titanium dioxide or silica at a conventional scale, so not at a nanoscale. Um, It was only labeled at the conventional scale, tested to see if those were nano, and every one of those 14 products was uh, contained significant quantities of nanomaterials. The story doesn't end there, though. I mean, we we kind of assumed that when we revealed this both publicly and to Fazans, they would get off their bums and actually begin to look at, one, how widespread is the use of nanomaterial in foods in Australia? And secondly, have they been adequately tested for human health 
um, mm. and environmental safety. And we didn't get that. In fact, the opposite happened, which was food standards came out justifying its complete failure to act um, by claiming a number of things that they'd never said before, including, oh, it's always been in food, which is a false claim, the way they've used it, that it's perfectly safe, which is a false claim because they don't actually know and haven't done the testing, that the conventional scale tells us whether the nanoscale will be safe, which is false, because the scientific consensus is that nanomaterials behave differently than the same material at a conventional scale. Hmm. But Fizance is saying that's not true. So there were a bunch of things. Fizance is... Uh, just to just to let listeners know, Fizance is the... Uh, they are the regulatory body that Australia has that oversees the uh, what's in your food and, and various consumer things. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. And it's Food Standards Australia New Zealand, so forgive the, the acronym. Um, it's a, no, that's fine. It's, it's a bit it's... of a mouthful. But yes, Fizance is the, the body that's charged with regulating our food. And increasingly, we're finding that they are so closely allied with industry and so captured by industry that they really cannot be trusted on on certainly on nanotechnology, certainly not on the new GM techniques, not on the old biotechnology. We see over and over again that their safety assessments are based on industry data, which is known to be suspect. And if we were going to the supermarket, I'm you're talking about these nanoparticles. They're they're very tiny. I can't even describe them in in language. I guess it's it's uh, it's it's normal normal sort of material, but it's it's produced in a in a the tiniest, tiniest particles. Yeah, so it's called nanotechnology is actually called the science of the very small. And it's a, and what happens is when particles get down to the size of nanomaterials, which is a billionth of a meter, which is I still can't imagine after years of working on this what that even looks like. Hmm. But it's at basically at an atomic scale. At that scale, the particles begin to become more reactive. They behave differently. They can penetrate tissues, um, placental material, blood-brain barriers more easily. And so this is the reason why a number of scientists and scientific organizations have said, we need to look at these very closely, and we need to look at these differently than we look at the same material at bulk size or conventional size. But that hasn't happened. And, and Australia has been one of the slowest countries in the world to actually say this matters, that we need to look at this stuff very closely. And if I went to the supermarket and I was looking for, well, I was buying some stuff, where would I find these nanomaterials? In, you're talking about in food. What sort of food would I be buying? Well, unfortunately, it's almost anything. You know, we, the 14 products that we tested included um, lollies, chewing gum, dairy creamer, gravy mixes. Um, there are, it's a kind of across the board in terms of the sort of material that would, um, they may be using nano in. And so we, the, as I said, we selected the test, the products we wanted to test based on the labels telling us that it contained titanium dioxide and silica. And that for us has been the clearest way to go in relation to advising people how to avoid nanomaterials in food. These are two of the most widely used materials in processed foods. And if you see a label that says titanium dioxide and I see a label that says silica, I think you have to assume, based on our test results, that this is likely to be nano. Are you going to find, uh, in, in like I'm just thinking my own experience going to a supermarket, the labeling on food is very, very difficult to read. There's a huge number of things that they put in these, especially in the processed foods. 
are you going to f- be able to even see the the label so that those sorts of things will jump out at you? Well, there you know, there's firstly the question of whether it, the label is going to be legible and readable. I mean, I've seen labels that are basically black on red, and you can't read it even with glasses on. It's, it's incredibly mm. difficult. So that is a legitimate question. The We don't know the extent to which the presence of titanium dioxide and silica at any scale is included on the label. We did find it in a number of processed food products, and so that is the only indicator we have until... Um, we have a labeling regime in Australia, which is not even being considered by any of the regulatory bodies in relation to nanomaterials. So I think the only thing you can do is, first of all, read the label. If you can't read the label, Mm. be very aware that the the reason that titanium dioxide and silica are used is a whitener, so it makes products look um, whiter than they might otherwise. So this is the presence in dairy creamer, gums, mints, etc. And the second is what's known as a trickling flow aid. So this is silica is used to prevent the clumping up of stuff um, due to moisture generally. So <laughs> when, you, when you're describing this, the clumping up effect, not terribly appetizing, it no, sounds well, to this me. Is like... what, this is, well, <laughs> this is exactly the reason it's being used in food, right? That they, they don't if, when it clumps up, it, you can't use it properly. You get very, it doesn't look very appetizing. You don't want to use it. So unfortunately, what they're doing is using a chemical that has a bunch of concerns related to health effects, and they're using it at a nanoscale, which makes it even worse. Oh. And the, so you get things like um, a kind of pepper and salt mixes and stuff right. like that, which right. might contain silica. Right. So it doesn't clump doesn't clump up doesn't clump up and yeah. so you you pay for that um right. the capacity to pour something out with, with ingesting something into your body. You don't know anything about yeah look that's uh you've you've described it very graphically and i i hope people listening can get the idea what so what what are what's the emerging technology tech project recommending at this point in time well, I, I think certainly we'd, we'd love to see people get onto our website, actually begin to join. We've got a call out for that we're fed up with Fazant, the food regulators, and we want people to begin to say that we're fed up with not being told what's in our food, with the products that are being put in our food not being tested for safety before they're released, with a food regulator that is regularly lying to the public in order to support big business. And so that's, that's a really important first step. In relation to buying food, it is like with GM, it's really difficult. You, the only thing we can recommend at this point in the absence of le- uh, mandatory labeling is that you avoid products that contain titanium dioxide and silica. Assume that it's nano because our mm. test results show that all of the labels that had titanium dioxide and silica, in fact, were at a nano scale. And at this stage, that is all you can do in supporting supporting the emerging tech project in calling for labeling, calling for better labeling, calling for a register of nanomaterials so we know what's coming in the country and where it's being used is all part of what we're doing in our campaign. And the more support we can get from the public to do that, the more likely it is to happen. And give us the details of your website so people can get onto it. The, the website is Emerging Tech. Um, it's all one word, lowercase, Emerging Tech. I've been talking with Jeremy Tager, and he is one of the key organizers and campaign workers in FOE's Emerging 
Tech Project, and he was talking there about the lack of regulation around nanomaterials found in the food that we buy and consume. You're with Dirt Radio.